Welcome to jrootradio.com. This is the Halakha Hour here live on Wednesday afternoon on the jrootradio.com website. We are happy to be with you today. Um, phone numbers. Let me read the phone numbers over here. 718-683-5858. And the text line is 347-927-8398. And of course, you can always listen at jrootradio.com on the Jroot Radio Pro app as well. Before we start, I would like to just say hello to a very good dear friend of mine, Rabbi Yeshua Daskis, who's listening all the way in Philadelphia. He let me know last night. Um, hello. Okay, so let's come back. We are in the middle of certain halachot. We're discussing the halachot. We're continuing from the last week's halachot. Usually we're talking about halachot of Shabbat. The subject at hand is the melacha of Libun. We're going to do a quick review of last week's halachot. Finishing... Finish up what we need to do today, Bezat Hashem, and hopefully we have enough time at the end of the class to speak about some very, very practical applications of the halakha. If you have any questions again, do not call in the middle of the show. I, I feel bad sometimes. I see the phone ring and whatever, you know, the lights, whatever, shine over here. So if you're calling in the middle, again, I ask you, please call at the end. There's a lot to speak about, and that's why we don't take phone calls usually in the middle of the show other reasons as well, but mainly because there's a lot what to speak about. So please, if you have anything that we may, you know, you'd like to tell us, if we missed out, please notify us through a text, 347-927-8398. The subject at hand is the Melacha of Melabin, and more specifically, on the Isud de Rabbanan of the Melacha of Melabin. Let's review a little bit from last week, so this should, start again. Let's review from last week. So this should not sound like it's Chinese. We are in the Melachah of Melabin, the 13th Melachah of the 39 Melachot. The definition of Melabin means to whiten clothing. This subcategory of this Melachah, which is also assumed Doraita, is laundering and whatever goes into laundering. That will be actually the later part of the Halachot when we continue, when we finish the Sudra Rabbanan today. We'll go back, we'll start talking about the actual melacha of libun, which is laundering. In any case, part of the laundering price process is that you need to dry your clothing. The way we do it today is that we put our stuff in the washing machine. And after the washing machine, we take it out, we put it in the laundry machine. Okay? In the, what we call, I mean, excuse me, not the laundry, the dryer. You see how much experience I have, right? You put it in the dryer. So this is how we do laundry in our days. Hazal, in the days of once upon a time, before the dryer, the way they used to do it is that they used to hang their clothing out in the sun to be dried. Okay? This is the original drying of how, this is how it used to be done. So therefore, as a gezira, Hazal made a decree that a person is not allowed to hang his clothing on Shabbat. Why? Because since hanging wet garments on the clothesline is part of the laundry process, we are worried that when people see you hanging a, a wet garment on Shabbat to dry, they're going to think that you also did laundry on Shabbat and that's why you're drying it now. Okay? So as a result, Hazal said, this is Asur because of something known as Mar'ita'ayn. Now Mar'ita'ayn, although it sounds like it's only forbidden when people see you, we also learned last week that Mar'ita'ayn is Asur Afilu Bihadre Hadarim. It's forbidden even in your closed chambers. When Hazal made something forbidden because of the way it appears, 
if it's as soon if the decree was as because they don't want people to think they're doing the suda oraita, so therefore it becomes forbidden. Even when you do it in your in a way that nobody could see, it, or in the place that nobody could see it, and therefore even if you dry your clothing, if you're hanging your clothing down in the basement, in the laundry room where nobody could see you, the halakha still applies. You're not allowed to hang your clothing there because it appears as if you've done laundry. Again, even if you live by yourself, it doesn't make a difference. Even though nobody's going to come, it doesn't make a difference. This is the gezerah. Drawing what clothing on Shabbat is forbidden. Now we learned two details last week okay we'll go over them again number one is how wet must the garments be and number two is the location of where this decree of hanging your clothing to dry applies okay so let's go into detail we learned last week a three-way mahlokit of how wet your garments have to be according to Megan Abraham is the most lenient he says it has to be completely soaked for this decree to be applicable which means it's only asur it's only forbidden to hang wet clothing if the clothing are not just wet but they're soaking wet that's the opinion again Abraham however the Mishdabara and Rov in the majority of post scheme rule that no the halakha is as long as it's wet enough that your hands when they touch the garment also become wet known in halakha as tofeyah aminat latfiyah so then the decree will also apply the Ben Ishai goes even further. The Ben Ishai also forbids garments that are dry. If a garment is dry, you're also not allowed, you're also not allowed to hang it when it appears, when it looks like you're putting it up to dry. The Ben Ishai comes with the following svarah, with the following logic. He says, listen, does anybody know why you are hanging? Or does anybody know how the garment, how wet the garment is when you hang it? No. So even when it's dry... There's room for people to suspect you that you also put up your clothing to be dried. And that's why, according to the Benish High, even if something is completely dry, you're not allowed to put it up. So we explained last week that the majority of opinions go with the middle shita that we quoted. And that is, as long as it's wet, that when you touch it, your hands are also wet, then the decree will apply. If it's dry, the, the decree doesn't apply. And it doesn't need to be soaking wet to be asur, to dry it, to, or at least to hang it up to dry, even if it's not soaking wet. But it's wet enough that your hands get wet from touching it, then the decree will apply. The second thing we learned last week as a review is the location. The location makes a big difference. You know why? Because the gezerah, the decree, Hazal made this decree this gezerah because it looks like you're drying your clothing so therefore we said the locations where a person is not allowed to put up his things to dry are places where people usually put up their clothing to dry for example on a clothesline on the clothesline in the back let's say in your backyard on your front yard i don't care where you have it on the roof uh in a building you know when you, people usually dry their clothing on the clothesline so even if you know you if you normally don't put up your clothing on the clothesline since that's a location where people usually hang things to dry, it's forbidden to dry your items on a clothesline. Also, in the laundry room. A lot of people hang up their clothing in the laundry room because right after the they put it in the washing machine, they want to put it up to dry. So if you have a wet garment, you're not allowed to even put it in the laundry room. And again, it doesn't make a difference if your laundry room is your basement and nobody else is going to see it. Like we said, the gzira is because of marit ha'ayin, 
it's also when it's forbidden because of maritain, it's forbidden even in places where nobody's going to see it. Another example where it would be asu, when usually people hang their clothing to dry after doing laundry, is on top of the bathtub. You know, the shower rod, a lot of people have a shower rod, will take their shirts or whatever it may be, and they'll put it up on top, over there on top of the bathtub. So this way, any moisture or any uh, water that's coming out of the garment will go straight into the bathtub instead of making a big mess somewhere else. Or on top of the radiator. These are places where people normally hang things to dry. So therefore, it will be forbidden to hang your clothing that are wet to dry in those locations. Where would it be muta? A lot of people were asking last week after the show, so we want to share with everybody. So a lot of people say, what does that mean? I, what am I supposed to do? With my, I come home, I'm soaking. What am I supposed to do? Keep it on? No. Besides the locations that we said, anywhere else you could put it. So if you want to take your soaking wet jacket or shirt and you want to hang it in your closet, you could. Ah, oh, I'm putting it up to dry. It doesn't make a difference. Even if your intention is to dry. This suit is not the drying. There's no suit to dry your clothing. This suit is to put it in a location where it appears that you've done laundry and now you're coming to dry your, your clothing. So that's only a suit in places where people normally will hang things to dry after doing laundry. Let me ask you a question. You think anybody that, that's not using a dryer, he wants things to, to, to dry, after he uses his washing machine, He'll put it in his closet? No way. It's going to soak all his other garments in there. So that's why if you want to take a wet garment and put it in the closet, of course, push away all the coats on the right and on the left, all the clothing on the right and the left, so you let it dry over there, it's mutar. Again, even if your intention is to dry, it's mutar. That's not the location where people dry things. Number two, another location where people use to dry, and you could use it to dry because it's not usually done after laundry, is on the back of a chair. You know, like let's say in your dining room or your your kitchen. So you want to put it on the back of the chair to hang. That's also fine. Or in the coat rack or on the coat tree. All that is fine. It's not a problem because these are locations where people don't normally dry their clothing. If you are a person that normally does dry his clothing after laundry in those places, again, after laundry, then you're right. Stay away from those things. Avoid them. Do not put them there. This is... A review from last week's halakha. The idea here, the emphasis is that the decree of drawing your clothing only applies when it appears like you've done laundry and you're coming to dry your clothing after doing laundry. When it doesn't appear that you've done laundry and what you're hanging, everybody could tell that no way you're doing it because you did laundry, then it'll be mutar. Let's learn the next halakha on the same note. Halakha bet I'm going to read it inside, not the whole thing. I'm going to read the important parts of the halakha. And you can check me out, halakha bet, to make sure that I didn't miss any important details. And over there you'll see the same idea applying. We're going to do bet and gimel together. And to bring you in. Sense. This example is brought, I think, by the Hayya Adam. Shabra also quotes it. And Ben brings it as well over here. Begadim shemelapefim bahema ketanim. This is basically what we would call cloth diapers. Yeah, Baruch Hashem, we don't have this today. Uh, at least for, for me, you know, for whenever. Okay, <laughs> once upon a time, there was no pampers or loves or parents' choice or whatever company you used to use. So how did they keep the kids, the, the babies? How did they, you know, you know they, learned, they were potty trained when they were born? No, 
They also needed diapers. The diapers that they used to use was something called a cloth diaper, which is basically a regular, what we call regular cloth. It looks like a very skinny towel. And they'd wrap the baby with it. What happens when the baby makes with it? So if he makes number, you know, gedolim and ketanim. If he makes ketanim, so you're going to hang it up to dry. If he makes gedolim, you wash it and you hang it up to dry. But sometimes, you know, even after washing, he still has the stains on and everything else. So you put it up to dry until it dries up and then you wrap the baby back with it. So now, Benishai brings down over here that people hang the diaper, the, the cloth diapers, people hang even on Shabbat to dry. So is that mutar or is not a mutar? Well, people are doing it, so it's got to be mutar, right? Not so quick. Benishai is bringing that they're no hegeter, and he's going to explain why is it mutar. If a coin talakha doesn't fit, that's mutar. I don't care if anybody's doing it. It's, you have to know what does the halakha say, so he explained. This is not only the ones that have stains from the kid's, uh, you know, bathroom, uh, whatever he did, in the, you know, in the diaper. Not only the ones that have stains, so I have to be, you know, I have to explain. Oh, stains of number two. Even on the cloth diapers, they don't have any stains. But they're wet because the kid, you know, Made, the, made it what? The kid went to number one on it. You're allowed to hang them up to dry. Why? You just told me two seconds ago. Ben was so mahmir, even dry, something that's completely dry, you're not allowed to put it up on the clothesline. Why is this mutar? He says, you know why? Because everybody knows what a clothes diaper looks like. And everybody sees and he sees. Yeah, and therefore, and everybody knows that this garment, which is the cloth diaper, people don't usually wash them first. They just hang them to dry, and then they use them again. When do they wash them? Only only when it really gets stained. That's when it's a problem. But otherwise, it's not. People will not wash them. So therefore. Why are cloth diapers? Why were cloth diapers mutan in times of the Benish? Hi, because the norm was that people didn't wash the cloth diapers. Don't tell me why. I don't know. That's what they did. I'm just reading what they did. Since the norm was that they did not wash girls' diapers, so Benish says everybody knows when they look at cloth diapers, they know it wasn't washed because people don't usually wash cloth diapers. Now, based on this halakha, and again, it's not only the Benish high. Like I said, it comes from the Hayat Adam already from the 1700s. It's also brought down in Mishnah Many Ahronim bring this halakha lima'aseh. Based on this halakha, it comes out that the way you dry an item, right, or what the item may be, is also going to be mutar. If you're, even if you plan it's to dry the item, if you dry in a certain fashion, it's also going to be mutar. Before we explain to you that the location of where the item is. The location of where the item is is going to make a difference if it's going to be mutar or not. Even if your attention is to dry. Why? Because the isur the hazal made is that people should not suspect you where it appears that you did laundry and you're coming to dry it. So if it's a place where normally people dry their garments after laundry, it's going to be asur. Now we're learning that if the cloth itself is a cloth that people will dry after doing laundry, it'll be asur. But if it's type of clothing that people will not usually, 
washed or if it's put to dry in the fashion that people don't usually put it up to dry after doing laundry, it'll be mutar. So I'll give you an example. Let's say you have a wet shirt because it got soaked in water, whether it's because of the Shabbat table or because you got stuck in the rain, you got caught in the rain. So you take off your shirt and now you don't want to soak the whole floor and the, and the house and everything. So you can't put it to dry on the clothesline. But if you want to crumble up and throw it in the bathtub, it's mutar. Why? I'm drying it. Yeah, but it's mutar because that's not the way you usually dry things after laundry. After laundry, you want the item to look good. and You don't want it to crumble up. You don't want it to be wrinkly. So you're going to hang it on a hanger. Over here that you took it and you crumbled it and you threw it into the bathtub. Since the surah, the form of the way you're quote-unquote drying this item doesn't appear that you're drying it after laundry, it's mutar. Another example is, let's say you have a rack where you, I don't know, you dry dishes or you have a rack or, or you have, let's say, um, your railings, right? Where if you don't usually dry your clothing on top of the railings after laundry, so then to put things also on the railing, it's in the same idea. Again, the rule is it, if you usually do not dry your garments in such a fashion, or people in general don't dry their garments in such a fashion after doing laundry, then it would be mutar. But if it, this is the norm of how people usually dry clothing, or how you personally dry your garments after laundry, then it would be a problem. Okay? So now, this will explain halakha gimel. Let's look at Halakha Gimel inside. He says over here, You have hand towels that got soaking wet because everybody's using the same towel. You know, it looks like one of those shibbles, right? But everybody's washing their hands and then they're drying their hands on these towels and now the towels are absorbing all that water and they got soaking wet. Again, If you see the stains on the towel, it looks soiled. It doesn't look like it was laundered. And you're putting it up to dry, it's mutar. Why? Because the stain on the towel or the soil on the towel is going to be the same as the soil that's found on the cloth diaper. Both, re, both are going to be the same idea. They're both going to be mutar because people know that you're not putting it up after washing it. Yes, normally towels are washed in the washing machine and then they're put up to dry. But here that there's a stain on it, Everybody knows if I did laundry on this garment, it should not have a stain. The fact that it has a stain, it's a clear indication to anybody that what I've done is I'm only putting it up to dry, not because of the laundry that I've done. Now we move on to a practical application, very practical application. This brings us up to the following where the poskim, the Grot Moshe talks about this. Shemirat Zubat Til Khatar brings this in name of Rasulullah Zalman Arbach. Also, other Ahrim bring it down. Uh, what's the name? Moshe Levi in Minhat Habab brings quotes also. The Rabbi Shalom And that is regarding dry clean garments. What do we say by the cloth diaper? Or what do we say by the soiled towel? That since this is, an, this is a garment that has a stain on it. Everybody knows I didn't do laundry. And I'm only letting it dry because it must have gotten wet on Shabbat. Not because I did laundry on it, on Shabbat. So, based on that, these Ahronin that we quoted above say that if you have a garment that usually one never puts in the washing machine, 
like, for example, suits, men's suits. If your suit gets dirty, gets stained, or by a kiddush, or by by simcha, and you got dirty, or even by Shabbos, your grandson or your son came on you, and he says, ah, look, grandpa, I got some avocado, and he writes his name on your suit. Oh, that's so cute, okay? And now it's stained, and you got all these things. What are you going to do with it? You're going to put it in the washing machine? Absolutely not. You're going to take it down to your cleaners, okay? And they're going to, you know, you're going to press your suit at the same time, finally, after two years, okay? And you're going to get your suit, uh, you know, dry cleaned. The same would apply by wool coats, you know, the ones that they wear on, the, what they call the Shabbos coat that they wear on, on Shabbos, because it's a Shabbat coat, or mink coats. If it gets stained, you're going to put it in your washing machine, you're going to kill it if you put it in the washing machine, right? So what do you do? You give it to the dry cleaners and they do it for you. So let's say you got caught in the rain and now you come home, your suit is soaking wet. You want to take your jacket and you want to hang it on the clothesline, says Rav Moshe Feinstein, Rav Shalman Zaman Orbach, that this is mutar. It's permitted. Why? We're not worried that people will suspect that you did laundry on your wool coat or on your wool suit. Because not the derech. Just like the cloth diaper. It's not the norm for people to do laundry on it. Same thing we'll say over here by the suit. It is not the norm for people to wash their own suits in their washing machines. This is absolutely not the norm. People do not do this. And therefore, if you can tell me, Beba, I know somebody. The fact that you, you know, yeah, you have to say, I know somebody is going to make the news, it means it's not normal. Okay? People don't usually put their suits in the washing machine. And therefore, nobody will suspect that you did laundry that day because the garment itself is an, indicates that it was not done. Laundry was not done on this garment on Shabbat. It was something that just got wet and you need to dry it. So practically, you come home, you got caught in the rain, and you're wearing your wool coat. You want to put it up to hang over the bathtub, even on the clothesline. It is mutar, according to Rav Moshe Feinstein, Rav Shomon Zaman Orbach. Who disagrees? I haven't seen anybody that disagrees because the svara, the logic makes a lot of sense. I haven't seen anybody that writes clearly against it. And in general, in general, I don't want to go into why this would be true, but if, you, if you're ever scared that maybe somebody's going to be mahmir, if you want to hang it in your bathroom, it's more lenient than hanging it outdoors where people could see it. Besides, if you, got, if you came home soaking wet from the rain, you probably cannot hang it outdoors also because it's probably still raining. So you want to put it up in your, la- in your um, laundry room or over your bathtub, that's mutar. So now let's go to the next point. Let's say, you know, this happens uh, where one of the kids makes, right, he wets his bed. He has an uh, accident that night, and now your bed sheets are all wet. Your bed sheets, your, your covers. So now they're all soaking wet from, you know, from, uh, from the urine that this guy, that this kid did. So now could you hang it up to air it out? The next day you want to hang it up to air it out. Are you allowed to do this or not? So let's go through all the options. If there is a stain on it, there's a clear visible stain on it that anybody could see, then, according to all opinions, it should be mutar. Why? Because like we said beforehand, according to Benish Hai, look, there's a stain on it. Clearly, if you did laundry, it shouldn't have the stain. Now, what if there's no stain on it, which is usually the case. You can't tell. There's no stain, but it has a smell and you want to put on the clothes just to air it out. So if it's completely dry, Mean to say that by the time you're putting it outside, already dried up, it just has a smell. You want to get rid of that smell. 
So then that brings us to the mahlokit between the Ben Yishai, above who, for, who said that was forbidden, and the other poskim, and others that say that if it's completely dry, Hazad didn't make the Gzira when something is completely dry. Now keep in mind, this will only be true that if you want to hang it to dry, when it's dry, without any stains, it's only going to be mutar if you're planning to use it. Or if there's such a strong stench from the bed sheets that you can't have them in the house. But if there's no strong stench, you just want to air it out so it'll be fresh for tonight so your son could use it, that'll be a sur because of hachana. Just want to point that out. Okay. Next, let's say the bed sheets are still wet. Okay? So then, without a stain, that is, then, according to, should be according to all opinions, it should be a sur. Why? I want to tell you now, uh, Hadush, even though we said before, cloth diapers are mutar, it's really not so simple. Cloth diapers are mutar because once upon a time, people didn't do laundry on their cloth diapers. Hakamadiya said, but today, whoever is, well, in his days, whoever was using cloth diapers, would you, you, they did laundry on it. And there are some people out there, let's say the kids are, have allergies and they can't use uh, certain allergic reactions to the regular diapers and they have to use cloth diapers. Yes, it would be forbidden to hang it when it's soaked, when it's wet. Why? For the same reason we said before. Today, people will not use a, the cloth diaper again unless they do laundry on it. So therefore, we say the same thing about the bed sheets. If the bed sheets are wet, normally bed sheets are washed in the washing machine, even covers, yes, they're washed in the washing machine and then they're left out to dry. So being that today, or not just today, but bed sheets, okay, and bed sheets are usually laundered and then put up to dry, it will be forbidden if your bed sheets, if your kids' bed sheets are wet, or even the covers are wet, it's forbidden to hang it up to dry on Shabbat, whether you hang it outside or even on the inside. Why? It's a garment that's normally laundered and then dried. So therefore, it's forbidden to hang it to dry, even behind closed doors. So now we have a question here. If a person has a ponchos, you know those ponchos, the, basically I guess like the Shana coat, and they're basically made out of, uh, not plastic, but oh, polyester. It feels like plastic. Or nylon, really. That's a, that's a material. Are you allowed to hang that to dry? Now, obviously, if you can put it in your closet, there's no problem. But don't mind, you want to hang it to dry on the shower rod or outside in the clothesline? The answer is yes. What's the reason? People don't normally launder these coats. They don't put them in the laundry. No, that's not the norm. Besides, there's other reasons that maybe it could be why it's also mutar, but the main reason is like what we said. These are not things that are normally laundered, so therefore, if you want to hang, hang your shana coat that got wet from the rain, or your poncho, also, you know, the plastic cover, basically, you're allowed to hang it to dry, even on a clothesline, and uh, even more so in your house, on, I mean to say, over the shower, over the bathtub, on the shower rod, that's mutar, and you can wear, again, if you're planning to wear it for that later on that day on Shabbat. Let's move on now to Halakha Dalit. Halakha Dalit, the Ben Yishai quotes Maran, and he says like this. I'm going to read you the Ben Yishai and translate, and then we'll summarize, and we'll go into practical Halakhot. I mean to say, out the Halakhot, apply it. Be'get shed nishra be'mayim. If you have a garment that got soaked in water, forget about hanging now. There's a different issue now, when something is soaked now. Nishra means soaked in water. Asur letaltelo shemayaboli de sahita. 
you're not allowed to carry it. You're not allowed to move it. We're not talking about carrying it outside. Even indoors in the house, you're not allowed to move it. Why? Since it's soaking wet, Hazal was scared that you might come to squeeze out the water from the garment. And let's say it's a garment that you don't care about squeezing in, even during the weekday. You don't care about cleaning it and getting the water out of it. You go on, for example, something that basically they, back then, they used to have the water, you know, wasn't uh, running water. They used to have barrels and they would cover the barrels with a cloth. So that cloth is always usually wet. You're not going to squeeze out the water from it. In such a case, Hazab will not, Hazab will not, did not decree on such a thing. However, when something is soaking wet, if 10 people carry together, Hazal did not decree on it, because people are going to remind each other. 10 people carrying it, each guy is going to remind the other guy, hey, don't forget, we can't, you know, don't, don't squeeze the garment. So we find this in the Mishnah, that 10 people can carry together a wet garment, and we're not scared that you might come to squeeze it. Next. Last thing he finally says, and a garment which only got wet a little bit. It's not soaking wet. Where people usually don't care to squeeze out water from it. It's wet, okay, but nobody's going to squeeze it out. Then, even a regular guy, one guy, excuse me, could even carry it. So in summary, we learned three halakhot over here from the Benish High. Let's review Number one is, any garment that becomes soaked in water on Shabbat cannot be moved. Why? We're scared that you might squeeze out the water from it. That's halakha number one. Halakha number two we learned from this halakha is that if there's no fear that you might squeeze the garment, then it could be moved. Why would there be no fear? For example, it's not something that you usually would squeeze the water out of it or the liquid out of it. Or you don't, you're not going to clean it anymore by squeezing water out of it. So it's, it's not a problem. For example, rags. Rags which people usually, you know, use to clean all these stuff. They're always soaking wet. People don't squeeze them out. And if they are going to squeeze out the water from it, it's only that they should soak them again. Or, in my opinion, for example, hand towels. Hand towels that get wet. Also, people are not going to squeeze it out because that's what it's made for. And the example the Benish High gave is when they're a little bit wet. Things are a little bit wet, people don't squeeze out water from it. You could, but they're not. So those could be handled on Shabbat. Even though they're wet, they could be handled. The third halakhah that we learn from here, when something does become soaking wet, you need 10 people to pick it up together. This way, they all remind each other. So now, we could understand also another halakha from the Benish High. I'm going to jump a little bit. Halakha Vav. It's a very short halakha. I just want to read it inside. And the Benishai says over here, If you have a garment that got soaked with a liquid that stains it more. Like for example, red wine. Or we could say like Coke or something. Things that stain it. You're allowed to pick it up even if it's soaking wet. Let's say, the whole Coke bottle spills all on top of your, what's it called? Your socks, which happen to be right there next to you. And you're allowed to pick it up or it fell on a garment. It's, you're allowed to pick it up. Oh, you might squeeze it. We're not waiting to squeeze it. The whole idea of squeezing is because when you squeeze it, you're going to clean it better. 
But here, it's already soaking wet. Even if you squeeze it out, nothing's going to happen. He's not going to clean it anymore. So therefore, we're, we permit you to carry such garments when they got soaking wet on Shabbat. Now, this halacha was talking about garments that got wet on Shabbat. Right? Once it got wet on Shabbat, so you're not allowed to pick it up. Why? Because it's basically, because we're scared that you're going to come to squeeze it. So technically, they become mukse because, remember, you can't pick it up. Question is, you told me that I could pick it up with 10 people. Do I need 10 people to pick it up? Or it's 10 people is just an example. From the words of the Ben Yishai, it sounds like you need 10 people. Right? He says, bring 10 people. Even though he's copying what it says in the Mishnah, but still, it's, that's the way I believe the Ben Yishai understands it also. But there are other Ahronim, I think it's Eliyah Rabbah and others that say that you don't need 10, 10, 10 people. As long as they're basically more than one person, each one will remind each other. The idea is that you shouldn't forget yourself and squeeze it. When you have more than one person carrying it, they're going to know, why are we both carrying it? I can carry it by myself. The other person is there to remind me that I, can, that I shouldn't come to squeeze it. Now the question is, what about a garment that got soaked before Shabbat? This halakha was only talking about garments that got soaked on Shabbat. What about garments that got soaked before Shabbat? And then on Shabbat they dried. Do we say since when Shabbat came in, it was wet, and therefore I couldn't carry it. So therefore it should remain muqseh throughout Shabbat or not. So last week we told you that Mishnah Berurah, and I saw also in the name of Rabbi Eliyashiv in the Sefer Shameh Uda'a Muqseh, that they hold that since when it came into Shabbat, it was Mukseh, it remains Mukseh throughout the whole Shabbat. There's a lot of questions you can ask over here. Not me, myself, the Poskim ask, Acham Abadyan, Olitzion, and they ask very, something very simple. We learned last year's Halachot of Mukseh, we learned. As long as there's a way to do it, Beheter, the item should not be Mukseh. And we learned about medicine, if you remember. Medicine, you can't take medicine on Shabbat. So is medicine Mukseh on Shabbat? And the answer is no. Because those who are sick could take medicine and I could even take the medicine to those who are sick. So therefore, medicine is not mukse on Shabbat. And we saw different opinions or whatever on that. So we hear, says, I believe the Olet Zion, says, he says, what's going on? We just told you that we, it's mutar to carry through 10 people. If something is mukse, you can have 100 people carrying it, it'll be asur. So, the fact that there is a heter to carry through 10 people, why is the Mishnah Berah saying that remains Mukseh throughout the entire Shabbat? And therefore, they disagree on this. So, any garment that was soaked before Shabbat, and now on Shabbat, you see that it dried, especially that it dried indoors, you have a lot of poskim that are matir for you to move it and will not remain Mukseh. Let's go on now to the final halakha on these halakhot in the Benish High before we move on to what we want to speak about today, but uh, basically preparing for a rainstorm. If a person's garments became wet while he is still wearing them. So we said beforehand, they become mukse, right? Here we're telling you that if it becomes wet while you're still wearing them, then you don't have to take them off right away, especially if you're in the street. And what it's like, didn't we say that if something is wet, we're scared you might come to squeeze it? Says the Benishai, that's only true when the garment is not on you, you're not wearing it. But if you're wearing it, there's no reason for us to suspect that you might come to squeeze out the garment, to squeeze the liquid out from it, as long as you're wearing it. Ah, 
אסור לנגמם, סרוך לאש, אפילו בעולם עליו משום דבר בשל בזה את המים. ועוד יש בזה איסור מלבן. However, if you want to dry yourself and you want to sit in the sun, not a problem. But if you want to dry yourself next to a source of fire, then it's אסור. As long as the temperature is going to reach the temperature of yet solidity, which is around 110 degrees Fahrenheit. Okay? Why? What's going on? What? If I'm wearing something and it's wet, no problem, right? I'm allowed to walk with it. To dry myself in the sun, it's mutar. Why can I not sit next to a fire source? Let's say you have a fireplace in your house. You want to sit there to dry yourself. Or you want to stand very close to the blech. And the fire is there on the bottom of the blech. And it's on. Why is it asur? He says, because when it's so close to it, then, I mean, what's called so close to it? So close to it that the temperature of the garment would reach yet solidity bone. It's forbidden to dry anything. Even though, we're not talking about now asur of marit ayin. Even if not a problem of marit ayin. For example, you're wearing the garment. Nobody dries his clothing after laundry by wearing them, right? Nobody's going to take something, put it in the washing machine, then put it on himself and go and dry himself. That's not the way normally. So it's, we're not talking about asur marit ayin. And even the garment's not on you, and you're putting it in a place where it's not a problem, where we usually don't put laundry to dry, it's still a sur for the following reason. When the garment is wet, and you put it close enough to the fire that it reaches a temperature, so the poskim bring down that it's a problem of libun. Libun means, it's, a, it's not just laundry. Libun is like actually whitening it in a special way. And number two is also that it's also going to lead to bishul. The water gets cooked. Now on this point, that the, the problem is Asur Bishul, a lot of Ahronim bring this idea down, but the Hatam Sufi asks a very good question. In order for something to be Bishul, anything that is be considered cooked in the Torah, has to be that what you're cooking, you're benefiting from. For example, you take cold water and you cook it, now you have hot water, that's what's Asur. Over here the garment is soaking water with water, you leave it to dry, Next to a fireplace, it reaches a temperature, a very hot temperature, and then it dries up. Where's the water? Water disappeared, eva- evaporated. So why is it Asur Bishul? I understand because of Libun. But why should it be Asur of Bishul? So so he brings in Halikot Olam. He quotes, I forgot the name of the Sefer, but he quoting the Hagot Mordechi that says over there that the problem is clearly Libun and not Bishul. So... This is the source of the halakha. The halakha comes from Hagol Maimoni. Hagol Maimoni doesn't really discuss Bishul. He says that the water gets cooked and therefore it melabin. And therefore it makes it a problem of libun. This is a special process of uh, basically widening the garment. Okay, let's take this to the halakha lemaase. If you're wet or you have a garment that's wet, make sure you don't dry yourself close to the following places because these places are likely to... B, or if you're close enough to these places, you're likely to reach that temperature of Yatsalaypo. Radiators. If you have a wet garment, you can't take it and put it over the radiator. Let's say your socks are soaking wet, you cannot take it and put it over your radiator. Yes, a lot of people don't realize this. Or on crockpots. And you tell me who's going to put his wet socks on a crockpot? No. But wet towels, a lot of times the towels are wet, even if they're a little bit wet, they're not soaking wet, but if they're a little bit wet, you can't put it on top of the crockpot. Because if, if it's going to dry over there, even though, again, not an issue but the problem is that this is what we call libun. Also, you can't put it on top of the food, which is on top of the blech. Or even if you put it close enough to the blech to dry, and then you got to be very careful with these hand towels. Let's say you have a lot of guests over and they're all using the same towel, so the towel actually becomes pretty wet. For sure, and 
And a lot of people leave it to dry very close to the black, very close to the fire on the black. Maybe not on the black directly, but right next to it. And it certainly could reach temperatures of yatsalerbo. So we're just warning and letting the word out that people should be aware of this isur on Shabbat again. Not because of maritain. This could be an isur, the oraita of bishul, according to some, and according to everybody, it's an isur of melabin. Okay. This, by the way, it's not my hadush. You look in Mishabra, he brings all these ideas. But, but, the Ahronim bring down that if you have a wet garment and you want it to dry, let's say, on top of the radio and you have a goy in the house, let's say a housekeeper, not Jewish housekeeper, then you're allowed to give it to them and let it be dry on the radio. What do you mean? You just told me it's a sudorata. The answer is, the sudorata is milabin. Milabin is whitening the garment. You just want to, you don't care about cleaning your garment. You just want it to dry. So you can't put it there because... It's a psikreshe, even though your intention is not for it to be mitlabin. But since it's for sure going to happen, it's called psikreshe in Isud, right? That's Asur. But if you tell the goy to do it, so to tell the goy to dry your clothing, it's not a problem. Because it's not a problem, let's say. It's not the place where you usually dry your clothing. And what are you worried about? It's going to be psikreshe. Yeah, but psikreshe, even in the Raita, you're allowed to tell the goy to do it. Like we find, if you look in the halachot of Hatmana, you look over there in the Ramah that talks about when the goy used to move the pots that were surrounded by coals, even though by moving it, the coals will ignite. The Ramah is material, and likewise over here also. I'm asking the goy, please dry my garment. He puts it next to the radiator, and now it's going to get dry. Oh, I might get mitlabene along the same way. Okay, so it's a secret shape. That's not my intention. That's not why I asked him to do it. And that's not his intention either. He just wants it to dry up. And therefore, the Haronim permit such an act, such a thing to happen, to take place on Shabbat. We have concluded now the first six halachot in Parashat Vayahim, in Sefer Ben Ishai, on the laws of drying your garments on Shabbat. Because we're on the subject of getting wet on Shabbat, so I want to speak about a few things that I believe that people unfortunately um, come across on Shabbat, whether you're careful, you know the halakha, or if you don't know the halakha, and you see people doing it, you assume that's mutar, we want to point out a few things, unfortunately, that people don't realize why that's asur. Some things might be very simple to some, some might be a major hadush to some, some might be a major hadush to others. Let's see whatever time allows us, but let's go through them. Okay, all these following things are issues that come up when it's a rainy day. Let's start number one. Taking out an umbrella on Shabbat. You cannot take out an umbrella on Shabbat. Why not? So there are two issues here. Number one is carrying. You're not allowed to carry on Shabbat. Even if you hold of the Eruv, if you hold of Wi-Fi Eruv, whatever it is, I don't know. I'm not going to get into this uh, whole subject of Eruv. It's way beyond this class and certainly this amount of time that we have right now. So even if you have no problem of carrying on Shabbat, there's another problem. And the problem is creating an ohel on Shabbat. You're creating like some sort of roof. I can't talk in detail right now. We can get to it a little bit later. But those who would like to look up uh, or could look up, look in the Bi'ur Halakha, Siman Shin Tedvav Halakha Het, Matil It's the third Bi'ur Halakha over there. He explains over there the problem of using an umbrella on Shabbat. You're basically creating an ohel, a tent or a roof above your head. And therefore it's forbidden. Look it up over there. That's, that's issue number one. Issue number two 
And this I realized one time I was on the Shabbaton. It was like in some sort of bungalow, bungalow colony. And it's all enclosed area, so there's no problem carrying from uh, where we were in the dining room or the Beit Midrash to the uh, bungalows or what do you call them? What do you want to call them? The rooms, okay? So we were sitting in the Beit Midrash or whatever, the hall, where, wherever the lectures were taking place. And I'm looking outside the window and I realize it starts storming. You know, one of those summer storms that just come all of a sudden. And somebody needed to go from the uh, building that we were in, which had, you know, the dining room and the, and, the, and the shul and everything. He wanted to go to one of the rooms on the side. So what did he do? He took a cardboard or a piece of cardboard that was cut up from a box. He put it above his head and he ran to the room. Mutaro Asur. That's Asur. It was then that I realized, wow, that's the meaning of creating an Ohel Arai on yourself. I said, wow, this guy's like walking under a roof. That's not a real roof. The real roof has to be with walls. And then you have the ceiling. But over here, this guy is walking with a portable ceiling. A portable ceiling in Halakha is called Ohel Arai. It's forbidden with Dirabanan. How do you define a portable roof? How do you define Ohel Arai? Anything that is kashe, that's hard. And it's the size of a tefah. A tefah is 8 centimeters to 9.6 centimeters. And the hazonis. Not so much of a difference, right? But that's the isur. So therefore, even if you're in an enclosed area, and it's what you don't want to get yourself for doing, so when you take something and you cover yourself with it, if the item that you're taking has these two conditions, either it's hard and it's also, it has a, it, it means it's a hard surface. It's a rough surface. It's, it's non-bendable. That's a word I'm looking for. It's non-bendable. And it's also a tefah wide. Then it becomes forbidden because of creating an ohil. Again, not a real ohil, not a real tent, but it's called an ohil arai. It's what we call a portable roof. It's my own uh, copyright on that word. Okay. For the same reason, wearing baseball caps could also be problematic. I say the word could also be. It depends on the baseball caps. So let's first read you the words of Shohan Aruch in Simanchin Aleph Halakha Mem. Maran writes, the Maghaber, and this is universal, If you have a hat that extends beyond the, pers beyond the person's head, a tefah, you can't put it on your head, even in the house, because you're creating an ohil. Again, not a real tent. This is what we call in halakha ohil arai, a portable roof. Think about it. We're wearing a baseball cap. I say baseball cap because it's not the regular hats. We can talk about the other hats in a second. A regular baseball cap that has a hard rim. Those baseball caps that have a hard rim is what we're talking about over here. It's not bendable. And if they're the size of a tefah sticking out of your head, if the rim is the size of a tefah, eight centimeters and on, then, according to Shahan Aruch, it's forbidden to wear it when you're wearing it for protection. So, those who look outside the house in the morning and they see, look, it's raining. You know, you translate that. But anyway, they take the, they take the hat, they put on their baseball cap and they go to shul. Hold on, before you go, you're not allowed to walk with that. Not because you're carrying, you're creating an ohil. You're only wearing the baseball cap to protect you from the rain or let's say it's too sunny and you want to protect yourself. That's going to be a problem. Is it 100% of a problem? It depends. You measure. 
Measure the rim of your baseball cap that you plan to wear on Shabbat and see if it's the size of 8 centimeters. If it's 8 centimeters and bigger, it's a problem. If it's smaller than 8 centimeters, then it would, be not a, it would not be a problem because it's not the size of a tefah. Okay? So now you're going to ask, one second, you're telling me I can't wear a baseball cap? Well, what about the people who wear black hats? Black hats are certainly bigger than a tefah. How can the people could wear black hats? Well, the answer is because who made up the salakha? We rabbis and we could do whatever we want, right? No, I'm kidding. That's a, the reason why black hats are mutar is for a number of reasons. Number one is you, a regular standard black hat, okay, especially if it's porcelain or chashuk, right? The f- rim of it is very soft. It is bendable, right? You see, when they want to put it on, they bend it and they take it off. It bends upwards. So therefore, you don't have that condition. It's, not, it's bendable. Number two is, also, this is part of the levush. This is part of the look. People who wear a black hat will re- wear it when it's sunny, when it's cloudy, when it's rainy, when it's snowy. No, they'll wear it everywhere. In fact, I had a friend that used to wear it to go to the bathroom. They'll wear it everywhere. People wear a black hat everywhere. It's part of the look. They're not wearing it as a protection. So that's why it will not be a problem. And yes, if you are a person that usually wears a baseball cap, even on Shabbat, as part of the look, for example, my father-in-law is in Turkey. In Turkey... When I was there, I know they would, we did not wear a kippah outside publicly. So how do we cover our heads? So we used to wear baseball caps. I didn't want people to know that we're Jewish. If it's like, oh, not second out, it doesn't make a difference. It's just that that's the way life is. You don't want to cause a, uh, attract enough attract attention. We don't have enough attention in the news. You know what I'm saying? So that's the look that he would wear. He always wore a baseball cap. He still wears a baseball cap. Even here when he comes, he got used to wearing a baseball cap. So for him to wear a baseball cap when it's raining... It's not any different from him wearing it when it's not raining it. And it's not only my father, it's anybody. If you're the guy with the look of the, you know, the baseball cap wherever you go, so you can wear it even when it's raining. This is the same reason why even the Hasidic hats, the ones that, or not the, the Rosh Hashiva hats, you know, the up hat, so they have a hard rim and they're bigger than 8 centimeters, but that's part of the look. It's mutar for that reason. Another issue that we find when it's raining. And this usually happens, I've seen in my own eyes plenty of times. In fact, as I was preparing this class, somebody, uh, somebody regularly was telling me, I've seen this many times also it happens. What happens, this usually happens, let's say people get, you know, they're in shul uh, or they're in a place where they don't have their rain jackets on and it starts raining and they want to go home. So what they do is they take a garbage bag and they rip out the bottom, of the, you know, the bottom of the garbage bag. They make a little hole over this for the head. And they wear it so it becomes like a raincoat. This sabotai is a problem. It's a major problem. Let me tell you a few reasons why it's a problem. Number one is, this is korea. Korea means to rip. It's one of the 39 milachot, like we said. If you korea aminat letaken, where your ripping is actually causing something to be affixed. Like, for example... I'm ripping to a certain size and now I have the size that I want. It's a sudoraita. Here that a person's Korea, he rips the garbage bag to a certain size that he wants so he could stick his head in. That's a problem with Korea. In fact, it might even be a problem with Makebe Patish because you're creating a beta tzavar. You're creating a hole for your neck to go so that your head should go through it. And that could also be potentially also a problem with Makebe Patish. Besides that, it's possible, I'm not saying 100%, but it's also possible that 
putting on the garbage bag, even when the hole was made before Shabbat, is very possible that it could be also a problem of carrying. What? Carrying? Yeah, it's carrying. What about I'm wearing it? So let me explain to you something very, very important. In Halakha, you look in Simanchin Aleph. He talks about, you know, Shahan Ruk brings down over there all the halakhot of what a person is allowed to wear in the street or he's not allowed to wear in the street. The general rule is as follows. If you want to wear something, I don't want to say the word wear, anything that goes onto your body as a cloth, then that's called wearing it and that's fine. That's if it's a malvush. It's a cloth, right? That's why you can wear a tie. It's for looks. It has a purpose. It's there for looks. Now, when something is being placed on your body, for now here, when it's not a malbush, like for example, a scarf, right? People wear scarves. Are you wearing a scarf? You could say you're wearing the scarf, but really, what about if I take sneakers, and we used to do this in the olden days, and tie the shoestrings together, and now I wear it like a scarf? Is that called, am I called wearing my sneakers? Now my shoes, I'm wearing it on my neck. Is that called wearing? So why is that any different from the scarf? Good question, right? Well, the halakha tells us that this is not called malbush. Malbush is that it actually goes on to your body like a shirt and everything else. So, you're not allowed to wear a scarf? No. You're allowed to wear a scarf. I'll tell you the difference between the scarf and the sneakers. Anything that a person is putting on his body for the protection of his body, like a scarf, okay, then it's mutar to walk out with it on Shabbat, outdoors. If it's there not for the protection of your body, but it's there for, let's say, even protection of your garments, then becomes asur. Okay, if you're wearing it just to protect your garment, not to protect your own body. So let's say, for example, this garbage bag. Why are people putting on their garbage bags when they, you know, in this case when it's raining? To protect their body? No, they want to protect their suit that shouldn't get soiled, soaked in the rain. If it gets soaked in the rain, it could ruin the... The, the things on the inside, it can ruin the wool and everything else. Even dry cleaners won't help you. So it comes out that you're wearing or you're putting on your body this plastic bag just to protect your clothing, not yourself. And therefore, it's a problem. So now you're going to ask me, I know what you're going to ask me. So does that mean you can't put on a plastic bag on your hat, on your black hat, on your sign? Of course, we got to stick the black hats in there, right? You can't, you know, I, I see many people, they put a plastic bag, you know, a regular grocery bag on there. On their hats, zamutara asur. So if it's just a regular grocery bag, almost all the poskim forbid it. Why? Because, like we said, if you're putting the purpose of putting the bag is just to protect your hat, it's not to protect you. So that's why it's going to be asur. But if it's a type of bag which is not a grocery bag that you just randomly picked up and you're putting it to protect your hat or your strimal. It's a bag that's made for the black hat, or it's made for the strimal, it's custom made for it. So here actually is the mahlokit. The stipler and Rav Moshe Feinstein, the Grot Moshe, both said that this is Asur. However, there's a lot of poskim narmatir, just among the, the most famous ones of Shobo Zaman Orbach, I believe also the Tzitz Eliezer, Hakam they were matir, why? Because since it's custom made for your black hat, it's called, it's considered like a malbush, or for the strimal that is. Also, when you're protecting your black hat, you're protecting your uh, strimal at the same time, it's not just to protect it because if your black hat gets wet, you're, you're going to get sick, you're going to get cold, and it's going to cause you problems. So for that reason, they're matirat. But again, that's only a special bag that's made exactly to fit 
the black hat or the strimal. And even then there's a mahlukit. But the regular grocery bags, everybody's, almost everybody's osir, and therefore you should not walk out with it. Two more things before we finish that issues that come up when um, basically just reviewing these last halakhot when, when, when it rains and that is let's say you got caught in the rain and you come home soaking wet. So we said already when you come home you want to take off your clothing and you want to let them dry. So anything that's usually given to the dry cleaners like your suit, like your wool coat you're allowed to take it and hang it to dry anywhere. If, if it's stops raining, you want to hang it outside, you could do that. If it doesn't stop raining and you want to hang it on the shower rod over the bathtub, also mutar. Even though you normally dry your clothing over there, it's mutar because dry clean stuff are not usually laundered. They're not placed in your washing machine in the house. And the decree of drying clothing because mayitayin does not apply over here. However, everything else like shirts, socks, pants even, and undergarments, all these since they're usually washed, you cannot hang them to dry, what you could do is you could, and that means you cannot hang them to dry in places where you usually hang laundry to dry, but you can hang them in your closet behind the chair, or you know, you can just throw them in the bathtub just so you shouldn't get your places, uh, your, your uh, house wet. But you cannot hang them to dry. Finally, one last point we want to point out if you come home soaking wet, your clothing, as long as they're on you, they're not mukse. Once you take it off of you and you have other clothing to change into, those garments become muksay immediately once you put it down. As long as it's still in your hand when you're taking it off, it's not muksay. But once you put it down, for example, you take it, you put it in the bathtub, then already it's muksay, assuming that you have other clothing to wear afterwards. If you don't have any other clothing to wear, so it's not muksay because it's still needed. But since the gzera, why is it muksay? Because there's an issue to use them to squeeze, right? Because to, to move them because you might come to squeeze them. So being that's Asur, you might come to squeeze them. So I'm calling it Mukse. It's not really 100% Mukse, but the idea is like Mukse. You're not allowed to handle soaking wet garments because we're scared you're going to squeeze it out. Okay, Rabotai, I think we sum up pretty much all that Akhod have to do with getting wet on Shabbat and raining and rainstorms. Vazat Hashem, next week, we're going to talk about rain again. Yes, I know you're excited. But next week, Vazat Hashem, we have a special class on the subject of Barakh Alenu. In almost two weeks, yeah, in a little less than two weeks, we're going to switch to Talumatar, which means we're going to start saying Barakh Alenu instead of Barakhenu in the Tefillah here for us Chutzniks. And Bezat Hashem, next week hopefully we'll air on a special class of why the calendar, why the Halakha is such a way where it's based on the non-Jewish calendar that we switch on December 4th. Stay tuned to that class next week. See you next week, Wednesday at 2 o'clock. This class hopefully will be aired on again tonight at 10 o'clock. If you want to call in right now, you can call in 718-683-5858-347-927-8398. That's to text us right now. Thank you, Aaron. Thank you, Rav Nisim. We'll see you next week. Till then, have a wonderful week and Shabbat Shalom.